These Beatitudes, nine affirmations that confound human assumptions about where we place our priorities. This is the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. So one of the greatest honors of being a pastor is that you get to walk with people through some of the hardest times of their life. And when you get to be with someone at a time like that as their pastor, there are two things that I almost always hear. And both of them just like just break my heart a little bit. The first one is, I don't mean to bother you. I know you're so busy. And the second one is, why would God do this to me? How could God let this happen? So first, the first one, we really mean it when we say it's our honor to be with you when you're going through something hard. When life is giving you a punch in the gut, there is actually nowhere else that we would rather be, okay? Emails can always wait. Meetings can wait. Lesson plans can wait. Even sermons can wait. Especially sermons can wait. That's why we call Saturday night the practice round. <laughs> if you're facing down demons, we want to be there at your side. We care about you. We care about all of you. And that is exactly where we want to be. That's why we are here. So please don't ever worry that you're like taking up too much of our time. That is why we are here. And not just us as pastors, all of us. That is why we are here, is to be here for each other. So that one I think is pretty easy to answer. The second one's harder though, right? Why would God do this to me? How could God let this hard thing happen? We human beings tend to take life pretty personally, I think. So like when something good happens to us, we tend to think that we must have done something to deserve that, to earn that. And so similarly, when something hard happens, our first instinct is usually to reflect on our own behavior. What did I do to deserve this? And since usually the answer is nothing, the hardship that we're facing can feel incredibly unfair. At least that's where my mind usually goes first, right? Like, why me? Why me? 
That is a pretty fruitless thought exercise. At least it usually has been for me, right? Yeah, some things are in our control, but so much of life isn't, right? Stuff just happens. Good stuff, bad stuff. Stuff just happens, and it seems to have very little to do with who we are and what we do and, like, nothing to do with who God is or what God does. Stuff just happens. Accepting that lack of control, both on our part because we can't control it, and on God's part who seems to intentionally choose not to, that is like the hardest and the single most life-giving thing we can do. And if we can pull that off, we can save ourselves from a whole heap of heartache. Because when we search for answers that are not there, we often add even more pain onto what can already be a pretty devastating situation. I mean, if we think that we could have controlled it somehow, the guilt can be like crippling, right? If only I had eaten healthier, if only I hadn't given them the keys, if only I had been able to tell what they were going through, if only I had gotten checked sooner. And if we think that God could have controlled it somehow, then we create an image of a God who is, like, at best apathetic and at worst unimaginably cruel. I had a friend who had a miscarriage, like a late-term miscarriage, and you know what someone said to her? They said, God must have wanted that baby with him in heaven. What? I mean, what? What? kind of twisted, selfish God do you believe in if you think something like that? What an awful thing to say to a mom who's just had a loss like that. Or say, like, you lose your job right before your kid starts college and someone tells you, you know what? This is all part of God's plan. Okay, well, excuse me, God, but if this is part of your plan, you are a terrible planner. This sentiment was made into an awesome card by an artist named Emily McDowell. She makes the best cards, so I'll read it just in case you can't see. So if this is God's plan, God is a terrible planner. And then the fine print on the bottom says in parentheses, no offense if you're reading this, God. You did a really good job with other stuff like waterfalls and pandas. <laughs> and then, of course, that was my personal favorite. Everything happens for a reason. Here's what Emily McDowell did with that one. Please let me be the first to punch the next person who tells you that everything happens for a reason. And then at the bottom it says, I'm sorry you're going through this. Everything happens for a reason? No. No, it doesn't. Sometimes stuff just happens, and it's, sometimes it's brutal. And if we try to explain the unexplainable, not only do we fail to provide any kind of comfort, but we create this distorted image of a God who seemingly would inflict us with hardship just to, like, teach us a lesson or something. That is not the God that we believe in here at Unity. And, like, who would want to follow a God like that anyways, right? Here's what's true. <clears throat> Stuff happens sometimes brutal stuff. God never wills those hardships to happen to us, but anytime they do, God is 
always there in the aftermath, working tirelessly to bring out something good. This is like, this is God's specialty. This is actually God's specialty, right? Creating something out of nothing, taking broken things, making them beautiful, reaching into graves, pulling out dry bones and giving them new bodies and new purses, new purpose, taking something like the cross, death on a cross, and turning that into a promise of life for everybody, everywhere, always. This is what God does. And here's the thing. Sometimes God is so good at that. Sometimes God is so spectacularly good at taking a bad situation and turning it to the good that in retrospect, looking at that chain of events, it almost looks like it could have happened for a reason. It almost looks like it could have been meant to be. It almost looks like it could have been part of a plan all along. But that is only because our God is so good at doing what God does. Does that make sense? That's like a pretty fine distinction, but I think it's an important one. God never wills for us to suffer, but if we do, God is always there and can take that pain and can redeem it and can transform it into something life-giving. This is kind of what we see in the Beatitudes, those blessings that we heard from Jesus today, and I'm especially thinking of the first few. So this isn't like a, like a to-do list for us, uh, the Beatitudes. So it's not like, hey, make yourself poor so you can get into heaven. It's not like find something to grieve about so you can be comforted. Make yourself meek so you can inherit the earth. No, this is not telling us what we should do, but it's saying, you know what? If you find yourself in that situation, these words are God's promise that in that hardship, God will be there for us and will bless us, will share with us good things, will make our efforts and our lives holy. So essentially what this does is, so picture if you made a chart, right? You made a two-column chart. This column is good and this column is bad. And you start trying to chart out the different things that happen to you in your life, right? What this essentially does, what God does, what the Beatitudes do, is takes that list and totally turns it on its head, completely flip-flops everything that we think we know about what's good and what's bad, what's worth avoiding, what's worth seeking out, what is curse and what is blessing. Just flips that all on its head. And that's a little confusing, right? It's a little confusing, but it also kind of makes sense Maybe not logical sense, but I think it makes sense with what we know and experience in life and in the people around us. Like, have you ever met, have you ever met those rare people who are just, just incredibly compassionate, right? Like, just have this gift for being kind and non-judgmental. When you get to know someone like that, doesn't it almost always seem to turn out that somewhere in their past, they've had like a huge heartbreak? or face down some really big failures. Or you meet someone who is just so good at joy, right? Like they just really know how to enjoy life and what's important in life. And you get to know them and they always seem to have had some huge loss in their past. 
Or, I mean, for sure, the wisest people that I've ever met are all the guys who are in recovery at our partners like Genesis and Serenity Inns. I mean, our world in our foolishness, we look at people with addictions and we think like, hmm, not smart, poor life decisions. And then you meet these guys and they are so unbelievably wise. They understand who they are. They understand about honesty. They understand resurrection. They have a wisdom that someone like me who has not walked in their shoes like, could only dream of, right? Or for sure, the strongest person I've ever met. The frail old 93-year-old Shirley Calhoun, who could barely lift her head up from her hospital bed, calmly telling this room full of doctors and medical students very calmly for the 16th time that yes, she understands what they're saying, and no, she doesn't want another heart operation because she's had a good life and her family is all around her. And so would you please unplug the machine now because I'm ready to go be with my husband and my daughter and with Jesus. I want strength like that. So please, if you're going through something hard, Please don't ever worry about being a burden to us or to the people who love you. You are not a burden. You are a human being. You are a child of God, and you are a sibling in Christ, and we are all here to be here for each other. And please don't blame yourself when something hard happens. We are all just doing the best we can with what we have and what we know, which is like so very little in the grand scheme of things. And some stuff is in our control, but most of it isn't. So say you're sorry when you need to and choose kindness every time you get the chance and forgive easily and often and start with yourself. And please know that it is never God's will for you to suffer. Not ever. God is not trying to teach you a lesson or test your faith or build your character. But when you do go through something hard, please know that God will be there to catch you when you fall, to hold you as you fall apart, and to love you back to life. Because this is what God does. God wades right into the mess and the muck and the pain of our lives and works tirelessly, tirelessly to build something new and something beautiful. So, whatever you have faced, will face, or are facing today, May God protect us from the cheesy cliches and unhelpful advice of well-meaning friends and strangers. May we know that hardship is hard enough without blaming ourselves or others or God. May we be slow to categorize the stuff that happens to us as bad or good, always open to being surprised and always hopeful about what God can do in any situation. And most of all, when we're still like right in the thick of it, 
when it is too raw to reflect on and too soon to search for deeper meaning or greater purpose. May we feel God's presence with us and may we be God's presence to each other.